And there she is. Yeah. Twist the name. Very, very nice. I have been working on magic. Magic. Yes. Magic. I have a card trick I would like to show you. Okay. 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 This is this cutting edge. Yeah. It, it, it's almost like a breakthrough. Almost? Mm-hmm. But not quite. Should we try it out? Yeah. This will <laughs> be a, this will be the premiere on this one. Okay. Okay. So you know about these. These are cards, these you are know, cards. you you play with them, right? What I'm gonna do, should we show them? Yeah, show show those cards. Can you see those? Camera guy, camera guy. There he is. Focus, focus, focus. So it's a whole bunch, right? What I'm going to do is ask you to help me. And I'm going to fan these out like this. And I want you to choose any card that your heart so any, desires. Any, any Did you get card? one? That yeah. one right there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Okay, what? So. <laughs> want to put it back? Nope. <laughs> I want you to write your name on it. Okay. So that you know that nobody's been messing with it. I'm not going to look. You're not going to look. You're not going to watch me write my name. But if it helps, your name's Peje Monet. <laughs> you know, right now, I think mm -hmm, I need to mm -hmm. have that reminder. Okay, you got it? No. Got it? I have to write my name. Take your time. <laughs> I am. Okay. Now, okay. we wrote your name there so you can be sure, more so I can be sure you don't change your mind on which card it is. <laughs> okay. Do you think I do So that? put it back on there. Okay, just like yep, this? like there, and put this back on top of that. Okay. Good. Now, put those back in the box. Okay. Just Tell me when it's safe. We're not safe. Is I'm it gonna, safe I'm to come out? It's going to take a little while. <laughs> we need some wasting time music. <laughs> okay, good. <clears throat> okay. You now. Want people? Or do you want them back? Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm now going to proceed by magical methods to name your card, okay? Okay. Your card is named Charlie. No, no. Charlie, that's the name of your fish. That's right. Did you want to talk about that? <laughs> okay. okay, actually, I think I can predict what your card was, the one you chose, the one that has your name on it, okay? Really? Um, Ace of Fates. <laughs> no. You changed it? <laughs> I didn't um, get that one. Okay, one more try. King of hearts. That would have been nice too. Clubs. Nope. Diamonds. <laughs> spades. <laughs> King of spades. Nope. You know, tonight I wanted to talk about hydrogen. <laughs> um, I can see that. It, it turns out that uh, we were talking about hydrogen not long ago, and mm -hmm. I was telling how Mr. Mitchell blew up a balloon full of hydrogen using an electrolysis apparatus like this one right here. That's In fact, really it's neat. exactly like this one, with your permission or without. <laughs> that is neat. I'm going to turn it on. Hmm. Turn it on like so. So now the power is coming out of this box through these two wires up to these two electrodes. And if we get a close-up on this, you can see that right around, look, focus, right around these electrodes, bubbles are forming. And then if we pan up so we can see where it's been running a well, while, notice that this one has twice as much as this one. This one, then, is oxygen. 
This one is hydrogen. And the water is being ripped apart by, by electricity, and we're getting hydrogen, we're getting oxygen. Uh, this was the demonstration that Mr. Mitchell did for me, and I had no idea that this little demonstration was going to completely change my future, my life, and a lot of things. Uh, we'll let that cook for a few more minutes. I want, want to pan down just a little bit so you can see these levels. So the hydrogen is bubbling up one side, the oxygen's bubbling up the other, and up here I want to be able to see there is twice the volume of hydrogen produced as there is oxygen. And that's, that's kind of a neat thing, isn't it? Yes. Okay, well, we'll let that cook for a minute. Actually, probably not correct, call it cooking. <laughs> but uh, some real interesting things are happening in the hydrogen world. Did you know that the government, just in the last few months, has allocated $8 billion for hydrogen demonstration projects, plus $7 billion to build more hydrogen refueling stations. Wow. It's really starting to catch on. Um, it was in 1965. Now, now, wait a minute. Just a minute. Tobias always saying, back in the 1800s <laughs> or something. I, 1965, that was a long time ago. Just before I was born. Anyway, <laughs> back in 1965 was when, after seeing this demonstration in the ninth grade, we built the very first hydrogen car. And when I say we, I mean me. Yeah, well, I didn't help, did I? Yeah, kind of stood me up. <laughs> but at any rate, so I have worked on this hydrogen car all those years, 50 plus years. We had a 50th anniversary, and I thought, whoop. <laughs> but nobody was really using it yet, and now all of a sudden they're starting to catch on. It is so exciting to have a dream like that and then to see it come, come true. Now, did you know that I have a Bertha? Remember oh, Mr. Yes, Benz? I he do. had a Bertha. I do. She took the car out and showed it around. Well, I have a Bertha too. And uh, <laughs> I want to show you a picture of the red hydrogen-powered Monte Carlo. And this car we used as the very first demonstration of a car running on liquid hydrogen. This is hydrogen cooled very, very cold so that it would store a large amount in a, in a container. And we, we had a tank full, but it was the first car that really could go a great distance. And so we went on a trip one day to a, a family reunion. We had to drive up through the canyon and across to the reservoir dam. It was a long trip. And I remember the exhilaration of thinking, I built this car. I didn't build a car, but I built the hydrogen system. Right. And it worked, didn't it? My Bertha says yes. <laughs> Thank you. OK. Well, I want to go back now. If I can take you back before 1965 to clear back to 1962 when my Mr. Mitchell science teacher did this demonstration. And I want to show you how it works, okay? So we've got a balloon that's inflated with hydrogen. And if you don't mind me showing my back to the audience, I will take this balloon off. Hydrogen balloon. 
This is a hydrogen balloon holder, as you can see. Oh, I hopefully get this jammed in here just right, like that. Can you see that okay? Mm-hmm. And this, Page is a hydrogen igniter. Oh, yeah? Remember, we were told by Tobias that Bertha's husband had a hydrogen igniter. Well, this is mm-hmm. mine. Only, I don't like to get too close to the fire, so I'm going to see if I can ignite the fire from a distance. Are you ready? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Is that your card? That's my card with my name on it. And that makes my point. Hydrogen is magic. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a souvenir. It is. That's awesome. It's a little burn around the edges. It kind of is. <laughs> so did you see the explosion? Yes. Yep. That was water being made. And when I saw that for the first time, I thought, wow. You could power cars with no pollution. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and now, finally, it's really starting to happen. Hydrogen cars are being made by companies all over the world. And to think that happened first, back in the 1800s or whenever it was. <laughs> yeah. All right, but I've got to show you another hydrogen generator. I'm going to actually have this one rest for a minute. Time out. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is another hydrogen generator. This one uses a polyperfluorinated membrane or proton exchange membrane. And this is like we use in the, in the newer hydrogen cars. But I'm going to show you, this is a hydrogen water bottle. In the bottom is an electrolyzer, and it has a little battery, so it's portable. There's a little button here, and if you push it once, nothing happens. But if you push it twice, ah, turns on. And in the bottom, if we can pick it up on camera, there's a little blue light telling you that it's working. And can you see those hydrogen bubbles? Mm -hmm. So we are making hydrogen right in here, just like we put in the balloon. Mm -hmm. Only this hydrogen is bubbling up with very, very small bubbles through this water. And this is so we can run people on hydrogen. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, hydrogen people, right? Now this one says, Dr. Hydrogen. It sure does. Do you know where that came from? Yeah, I do know where that came from. Oh, where? came from Time Magazine. Okay, just in time, huh? (laughs) Just in time. Yeah, they, they gave you that title. Yeah, they did an article on hydrogen, and they were talking about the old... Well, hydrogen car project, mm-hmm. the new bus project, and so forth. And they called me Dr. Hydrogen. Yeah. So I made this hydrogen generator, and I put my Dr. Hydrogen brand on it. Mm-hmm. It says personal hydrogen generator. Yep. But it's interesting why. Now, I brought some notes because I want to read some quotes. Okay. This is kind of fun. Did you know that if you bubble hydrogen through water, that some of it dissolves in the water, just a tiny amount. The hydrogen hydrogen dissolves dissolves in the water, so some is retained in there. And when it does, it gives the water some very interesting properties. And so this is the water that I I try to drink every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everyone should know that water is good for you. 
A lot of people say, you know, you got to drink plenty of water, and some people think that if you drink other soft drinks and so forth, you're drinking water. Well, there's some water in there, but you need water. Water is very good for health. But this hydrogenated water is special. And studies are just starting to uh, come out to confirm this. Uh, most of the studies that are really of a medical nature have come out in Japan. But there's some starting to come out in the US. And I was looking at uh, web, uh, at a website, WebMX, and they are quoting some real fascinating things about this water. The, the story that this kind of an application uh, started with a, a doctor in Japan, a medical doctor that was in the business of creating special drugs for chemotherapy. Chemotherapy is a treatment they give to, to people that have cancer, mm -hmm. and it's supposed to fight the cancer and help them get better. And so they have different kind of drugs that they use. And the idea with chemotherapy is you want to get the person better without making them sick. And sometimes it makes people's hair fall out and things like that. Did you hear that beep? That I means did. it's all hydrogenated, mm -hmm. okay? It's completed a cycle. Well, this doctor realized that one of the things in the human body that causes a lot of problems, it leads to inflammation, to cancer, uh, anti-inflammatory conditions like heart disease, is a hydroxyl ion. A hydroxyl ion is a oxygen and a hydrogen together as an ion, a negative ion, and that negative ion messes up things in the body. But if you add a hydrogen proton to it, it turns that hydroxyl ion into water, which would be really neat if you could eliminate in the body. So he started developing a chemotherapy drug based on hydrogen ions, and they worked. And he was quite successful with it. But then the idea came, so if that works, what if we just hydrogenated water and then people drank it? What would it do? Now, I, I need to make it very clear that the research on this is, from a medical point of view, is still quite preliminary. But there's quite a bit of data coming out, especially from Japan. Let me read you a couple of these quotes. Hydrogen water may contain antioxidants, which help prevent oxidative stress. This type of stress comes from both normal body functions and external forces, including sun exposure and industrial chemicals. Oxidative stress may lead to cancer and other diseases. These preliminary studies suggest that water may be anti-inflammatory, a quality that may reduce the risk of heart disease and other life-threatening diseases. Then they talk about how uh, athletes, soc a soccer team, for example, we have coach over here, uh, found that they could uh, exert for a long period of time with less of the, ne the negative characteristics if they drink hydrogen water. I don't want to make this sound like, you know, snake oil or something, but uh, a study by the National Institute of Health, which is quite credible, uh, gave hydrogen water to patients that were receiving cancer treatments, cancer treatments which are quite hard on their bodies, and they had a significant percentage see a tremendous improvement in quality of life. So hydrogen water may actually be something that comes down the road. 
So I decided if they're going to make a hydrogen water bottle, I should be in on that. Mm -hmm. So this is my hydrogen Dr. water bottle. Hydrogen. Mm -hmm. by yeah, there it is. <laughs> and I want you to look one more time if we get in tight. Could you see all those little bubbles coming up? I started up for another cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you see them in there? Maybe if I get some dark color behind it. There you go. Can you see that? Yeah. So those are hydrogen bubbles. Like a mist in the water. Yeah, it's like a mist in the water. <laughs> and uh, now I'm going to get back to my own scientific medical research. By the way, I'm not qualified to do medical research. <laughs> so this is pure speculation. Okay. But, on the part of an inventioneer, but I have noticed that when I drink hydrogen water, I can drink a lot more of it without feeling kind of mm -hmm. heavyweight. And so I drink at least three bottles a day. Water is, is really, really good for you. And, and these bottles uh, are, are quite interesting. The, the metal, or excuse me, the electrolyzer in the bottom here uses a membrane, and I happen to bring one, and you absolutely can maybe only see it reflect a little bit because the membrane's clear. And the, the membrane has the property of letting protons go through, but it doesn't let hydrogen, it doesn't let other things go through. It won't let electricity go through, it's an insulator. So we put this membrane in between two conductive electrodes. In this apparatus, the electrodes are actually coated with platinum. Platinum is a catalyst for hydrogen evolution. And so we would put two platinum electrodes on either side of this membrane, apply electricity to it, and hydrogen bubbles off. Then, if we take away the electricity and we just put hydrogen to the membrane and air on the other side, it makes water and gives off electricity. So it's kind of like you can charge up a tank, mm -hmm. you put electricity and water into it, you get hydrogen fill your tank, then you can use the hydrogen in your tank to come back and turn it into water and get electricity mm -hmm. off. This is how all the modern fuel cell cars work. And the very first fuel cell car was the one we built yeah. in 1991, which was a few years back too. And I'm trying to remember who helped me with that. Did you help with that? I when did. you were a student? I did. Yes. I was very we, we were making the electrolyzer, and for every one of these little membranes and the two electrodes on either side, we would get about eight tenths of a volt. Eight tenths of a volt is not enough to really be able to run a car. So we stacked them up. So two of them was 1.6 volts, and we put so many together that we got 90 volts and then 90 volts were used to power a motor. And, and here, by the way, is a picture of the world's first hydrogen fuel cell car. And that very... Looks like the world's first hydrogen man right there. <laughs> that smile, I love it. You like that? I do. Yeah, okay, well that was it. So, uh, <laughs> but the, the big advantage of the car that had the fuel cell compared to the original hydrogen Model A mm -hmm. is this car would go three times as far on the same amount of gas. That's amazing. And that made it practical, made it economical to operate and it's kind of exciting. So then we decided let's get serious about these. Let's put these into production. And when you're going to market with a new technology, you have to have all your ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. And 
one of the ducks was to make this affordable. And turns out that this is a real neat way to make hydrogen. It's a real neat way to turn hydrogen into electricity to power your car. But there is one little problem, and that is the platinum electrode that you need is very expensive. And so you want to cut out the amount of platinum that you use. If you don't use as much, it doesn't work very well. So this thing is be being very annoying, doesn't it? Thank you. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like me sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I was not going to say that. I could feel you thinking it. I was not. We're talking about membranes. I know. Okay. This membrane is, is interesting chemically. It's like a piece of Teflon. It's, oh, it's very clear. It's very thin. And uh, chemically... It's like uh, a sulfonate radical. It's like sulfuric acid catalyst, not catalyst, but electrolyte. And you have to have platinum everywhere on it to get it to produce a substantial amount of power or to be able to produce a substantial amount of hydrogen if you're running it as an electrolyzer. One of the projects that was taken on here at IST was uh, a project to see if we can eliminate some of that platinum. The platinum is really expensive. We need it because it has amazing chemical properties, but we wanted to cut down on the amount of platinum. And so we came up with this idea. In this membrane, if you could look at it with something better than an electron microscope, which we don't have, by the way, but if you could go down and really look at the individual atoms, you'd see that the atoms, the Teflon atoms in here, are lined up like chains going through the membrane. And when you put a hydrogen atom here and transport it through the membrane, it goes down these chains. If you looked at the surface with this very powerful microscope, you'd see there's just places where the chains end, and then in between them are spaces that can't do any reactive work. And so we thought, what if we could put the platinum just on the ends of the chains, because that's the only place they would do any good. And so Dr. Sanchez, when she was working on her doctoral dissertation research, worked on doing just that. And I'm happy to show you another piece of this membrane. This one, hopefully you can see, is kind of a little bit shiny. This is the same membrane, except it is platinized. It has platinum put onto the membrane. And it's not put everywhere because that would be very expensive. Instead, she developed a process where she put micro, micro deposits of platinum just on the ends of the chains. So this looks kind of shiny, but in actuality, under an electron microscope, it just has little places where there's platinum, but it has platinum everywhere that matters. And we're talking about only one-tenth as much platinum needed. And if you can knock out 90% of the cost of precious metal, it really makes a difference. Oh, this is the membrane that is used in that first hydrogen fuel cell car. So it, it's interesting that you have challenges, you have a problem. In this case, the problem is keeping the cost down, and a solution comes through a lot of brainstorming, a lot of good ideas and some research. And, uh, and that makes it kind of practical. Another 
interesting challenge with hydrogen is storing enough hydrogen to go anywhere. And hydrogen is a very uh, voluminous, low BTU gas. In the hydrogen Model A in high school, I used welding cylinders put in the, in the back of the Model A pickup. Welding cylinders operate at 2,000 pounds pressure. It's quite a bit. So you go to the welding shop, you pick them up, put them in the car, they're heavy, fold them in, and then the hydrogen runs out, the pressure drops, and you pull out the tank and put in another one. Well, 2,000 PSI wasn't really the kind of pressure you'd like to be hauling around in the back of your Model A pickup. But even with two big cylinders, which pretty well filled up the back of the truck, it was the equivalent of about one gallon of gasoline in energy. Wow. Not really a great way to store hydrogen if you really want to go somewhere. So along came the metal hydrides. And metal hydrides are a metal that reacts chemically with hydrogen to form a salt-like material, a covalent bond. This is actually a sample of a hydrogen hydride alloy, which we made in, in my little company. And this alloy is 50% iron. In fact, our source of iron in this is common rebar. And 50% titanium. Titanium is a, a metal that's used in aircraft and other places, very strong, very light. And we would buy scrap titanium sponge. And we needed to meld it together to make an alloy. Well, how do you melt metals like this, especially where they might want to oxidate and, and that kind of ruins the alloy? And so I'm sitting here thinking, I need this. I don't have any idea of how to do it. And so we started researching, how can you melt these metals and make an alloy without oxidizing them and, and ruin it while you're making it? And it's fascinating that uh, when I was growing up, I became very interested in ham radio. It's a little radio, you have to get a license and you talk by Morse code and when you get a general license, you, you talk with a microphone and you talk to people around the world. Well, it turns out that you can use a radio transmitter to melt metal. Aww. And it's a type of an induction furnace that has a coil inside of a container and you put a, a radio signal in, and it'll actually get hot enough to melt metal. And so we got an induction furnace. And then I found an old surplus uh, container. It was a stainless steel container that I don't know what it was in its earlier life, but when I got it, <laughs> it had a door that you could bolt. Mm -hmm. And then we could pull a vacuum so there was no air there. And we melted down the alloy. And it was big enough that we could do about 100 pounds of metal per batch. And with that little furnace, we built two hydrogen buses, a hydrogen postal jeep, and a bunch of cars. And this alloy turns out to be a way you can store hydrogen, lightweight and much more dense, much more compact than the compressed gas cylinders. This alloy and trying to be able to, to make it store more hydrogen is what got me into the computer business because we were trying to find the alloy that would work the best and it took about 48 hours of testing on each sample to see how good it was 
and that was a lot of manual labor, so we made a little computer controller to do the testing, and that's when I learned about microprocessors, which resulted in me being amazed by these new technologies, and hence the Billings computer. So it's fascinating how when you're looking for new technologies, you find different things. Well, this hydride is much better than compressed gas, and this is one that we made back in the, in the 90s, the 1990s, which is a long time ago. And yet, it has a problem. And the problem is, it's still very heavy. It's, it's kind of like having lead acid batteries could power an electric car, but they're very heavy. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until we got better battery technology that electric cars became practical. I am terribly excited because within the last year, we have finally found a hydride that is much, much lighter that is going to, I think, open the door for a lot of, of new hydrogen projects. In fact, it's even light enough that we think we can make hydrogen drones wow. with it. So that's going to be a major breakthrough. Now, my point in talking about all of this today is that this has been a dream of mine for a very, very long time. I want to go back to that uh, red Monte Carlo that I talked about a minute ago. This is the car, and, and that is not me. <laughs> that is not you. Well, you notice it's powered. This car has a liquid hydrogen tank in the trunk, and liquid hydrogen, like I said, is hydrogen that's been cooled down to 422 degrees below zero. So it's so cold, it's colder than liquid air. When I would fill the tank where the line would be exposed to air, oxygen and nitrogen would liquefy and drip off on the ground. It was so cold. And it gave me the ability to put quite a bit of fuel in there. By the way, the space shuttle ran on liquid hydrogen because it's very, very light. It's the lightest chemical fuel that, that anyone has ever discovered. But this car had another very interesting technology. It was the first car in the world to be powered by a metal hydride tank. The, the liquid tank was in the trunk. The hydride tank was underneath the trunk. And it was the first hydride tank that ever, ever was built. Um, interestingly, the hydride tank leaked, which isn't good. And we had to learn how to make those tanks. Uh, we tried to do mechanical sills, and they, they just didn't work. But it's, it's fascinating. So we, we've done about 32 cars over the years, and each one showed us just a little bit more of the technology, a little bit more of the technology. And while uh, I probably should have given up a long time ago, um, it was a dream that just seemed to me would change the world. And now with global warming and the challenges we have today, all of a sudden, it really, really makes sense. A lot of people are building electric cars, and, and they're pretty neat. And they're using advanced new battery technologies, but they're creating problems of their own. The lithium ion batteries and so forth are are getting harder to make and supplies are, are limited and difficult. One of the reasons that some people don't like electric cars as much as hydrogen is because they take longer to charge. You can refuel a hydrogen car in just, just minutes, yeah. and yet you have the same kind of a property. 
When I see an electric car go by, I always cheer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because to me, electric cars are hydrogen cars that are waiting for the fuel cell <laughs> and the and the hydride storage tank. And literally, if if you take uh, your new Tesla electric car and pull the battery out and put in a hydrogen tank and a fuel cell, you can go three or four times as far without refueling. And then when you do need to refuel, you can do it in a snap. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's pretty neat. Um, some of you students that have taken classes taught by Mark Rogers will be interested in knowing he drives a Tesla. <laughs> and he would drive up to Missouri from where he lives in Texas and his Tesla had enough range to get him halfway here. And so he had a place halfway where he'd pull over and spend three hours recharging his electric car so he could drive it all the way up to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's, that's really neat. But uh, my dream is that we will someday have these hydrogen cars. Hydrogen cars can be fueled by any source of energy, solar, wind, hydroelectric, whatever your source is, and water. You use the energy to break the water into hydrogen and oxygen. And then when you power the car, you burn the hydrogen inside a fuel cell usually, and you get the water vapor back. So you don't lose any water molecules. It's not going to rain anymore. Some places would like if it did. But it's not going to rain anymore. But it's, it's a reusable energy system. And I think we're going to find there are a lot of advantages to it. I've spent uh, an enormous amount of my time and my personal resources developing this technology. And it's, it's very exciting to me that now it's coming to fruition. Hydrogen will soon be in, in uh, commercial airlines. Uh, American Airlines entered into a project they announced just recently with uh, Universal Energy, and they're developing a liquid hydrogen system for planes. Hydrogen's a perfect fuel for airplanes. And one of the founders of the, this uh, Institute of Science and Technology, Willis Hawkins, who was the chairman of uh, Lockheed, California, was a great proponent of hydrogen airplanes. And that's what brought Willis and I together, is our, our belief that hydrogen could solve a lot of the energy problems. It's interesting that I saw this demonstration in the ninth grade, and it clicked with me. It just made sense. And I stuck with it, eventually winning the science fair my senior year of high school, and that paid for my university studies. When I was a freshman at the university, I wrote a proposal to do hydrogen research at my university. And at the science fair, I was going to have a pollution-free car, and then when I got it built and tested, it had pollution, which was from heating air. And, and so I wrote a proposal finding out how to get rid of that pollution in a hydrogen car. And Ford Motor Company funded my hydrogen research all the way through college, which was pretty neat, all because of a good, very effective science teacher and a demonstration that lit up ideas in my mind and which has set me on a, a very interesting life course. Uh, the Institute of Science and Technology is a place where some cutting edge hydrogen research is being undertaken. And I just, 
Um, it, it, it's hard for a scientist to have exciting new technology and not be able to talk about it. <laughs> no. But you know, sometimes you have to keep some of the most exciting things under wrap until you can get all your ducks in a row so that they can be commercialized. And sometimes you need things like patents and other things so that you can get the right marketing and support and programs. But there are a lot of exciting things happen with hydrogen. And some of you, when you come here to study at IST, uh, maybe we'll get you to help us work on them. So what am I saying? I'm saying study hard. Mm -hmm. We need people that know algebra, that know chemistry, that know e even some people that know English. <laughs> it's kind of important. Yeah, yeah it sure mm -hmm. is important. Someone needs to be able to tell the story. So um, the value of knowledge that you're getting with these courses that you're taking is, is more than, than can be realized. But, you know, use your imagination. Uh, my hydrogen dream came out of my, my schooling, out of my science class. And it has meant so much to me. It's, it's been a job in college. It became a company. Uh, that company got me into the computer field. The Billings computer really financed my, my life career and uh, made it possible to do a solace. And so you, you never know. Uh, it all goes back to Mr. Mitchell. Remember, he's the guy that came out with the CO2 fire extinguisher and scared us all to death. And, uh, and then he set off a hydrogen balloon bomb, which showed us that um, you can power a car while making no pollution. And you can do it with a technology that's going to help prevent global warming. So study hard. We'll see you next time. Thank you.